Good morning, Peter Goffwood. How are you today? Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning to the listeners. How are things in uh, Somerset West? Nope, a little bit cloudy and a slightly cooler, but apparently a beautiful day from what I hear. So, uh, no, all things are good here. And I think that we're, um, things are very becoming very sort of festive in a way um, because spring is on the way, the weather's good, uh, it's Heritage Month. There's a lot of talk about brides, there are a lot of events happening. And I think there's just a really good mood in the air. And especially in Heritage Month. And I thought, let's chat about heritage food in South Africa, but beyond the braai. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. I think so. I think you can certainly feel the changes getting light later. There just seems to be like a um, people are feeling that kind of spring in the air. There yeah. definitely is a, a difference to be felt. There's no question about it. Yeah, look, I think, I think heritage food, I think we have, we always think of, when we think of heritage, we always think of braai, but there is, such a great depth to our own culinary heritage you know we have we have such a diverse heritage here in this country and each of those kind of each area um, has its own kind of little nuances you know we very much have this kind of regional food it's always one of those things that when, when you look at you look at any country and you say what 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 constitutes a national cuisine yes and the thing there is that there is no such thing really as a national cuisine. It's more about regional cuisine. If you think about China or Italy or France, you know, what is a French dish? You know, what is, you know it's more about south of France or, or, or the north of Italy and that kind of thing. Mm. So, and I think we have the same thing here in South Africa that if you look at just the differences between north and south here as well, we also have a, a diverse uh, range of different foods. I mean, I started making a list this morning <laughs> of some of the individual heritage foods. I just ran out of space. You know, <laughs> wow. uh, it just, uh, well, I started with your favorites, uh, with the desserts. Oh, of course, of course. Because I you figured that's so a, well. a good way to, <laughs> yes, I know you said, well, so a good way to get started. I mean, I mean, and there we've got, I mean, there, the, the, even that list is, is endless. Obviously there's, there's some of the, the, the everyone's favorites, the melt cat and all the oh. pudding. But, you know, but then you've got then you've got the the, the, the variances of the, of the cook sister and the cook sister. You know, one is, you yeah. know, and these are subtle differences. I actually was involved with the South African Chefs Association a number of years ago, about at least ten or fifteen years ago, and we made we made a fifty meter cook sister. Oh wow! Um, yeah, it was the longest in the world, but we couldn't get it verified by the Guinness Book of Records because they said it was too it was too singular and it was too it was too South African it was too too regional so it wasn't something they could verify oh. but we made <laughs> what we did was we made we made uh, 25 meters of cook sister and 25 meter of cook sister ah. now to set that up was an we had to have special equipment made wow. you know because there's a subtle difference between the two the the dough in itself is pretty much the same it's a yeast based dough although the cook sister has has spices through it sort of cinnamon nutmeg and all spice through the actual dough itself but it's the process of after the frying um the cook sister goes into into ice cold syrup, oh. whereas the cook doesn't, and then the cook gets rolled in coconut. So mm. two quite similar sort of base desserts, but but quite different in the in the in the execution. But I mean, you you go on to other things like hat sockies. Oh um, yes. I mean, you you've got you've got the strange desserts that are unique to South Africa, like peppermint crisp tart. I know. Um, yeah, you know that's a, it's always that's always a bit of a weird one. I've always 
I've always thought it's the strangest sounding dessert. It really doesn't sound like something you could turn into a pudding until someone makes it and I tuck into it. I think, oh my God, this is heaven. I know. So it's, and- yeah, it's just one of those things. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be as delicious as it is. It should be quite <laughs> off-putting, but it's actually quite scrumptious. And of course, to think that, uh, you know, I mean, there was a national outcry when they tried to discontinue peppermint crisp. I mean, what? No? Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> There'd be blood in the streets. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I mean, and then, and then we go on to, we go on to, you know, there you've got now you go into the, the more savory stuff and there poiki i mean obviously poiki and breadies go i mean that's a i mean that's a, a chat even unto itself you know yeah. whether it's something that's seasonal like a vada blomaki breedy or or tomato breedy you know these those pot-based stews or something that's very unique to to, to south africa um but then again my one of my favorites is something that's that, that's again regional to the cape pickled fish mm. i love pickled fish and I, I try, I, I, I use it a lot in, in, in uh, whenever we do um, sort of South African inspired meals, I often do pickled fish as a starter. Um, I have a, a variation of it that's, um, I use yellowtail instead of hake, and I don't, uh, I don't flour it. Um, and so it's actually quite a nice cured fish. It actually keeps really well and looks quite sexy on the plate with a little bit of cucumber ribbons and a few dots of yogurt. Um, nice. But again, then snook bry. I mean, everyone brys fish, but not many people put apricot jam on their fish yeah. like South Africans <laughs> do. That's <laughs> something that's quite unique to us. And apricot jam is quite a popular uh, sort it of, is. you know, in Malfa pudding and all that sort of thing. So it's yeah. a, it gets used quite a lot in South African cooking. Well, we, we grow a hell of a lot of apricots here. Mm. And an interesting thing about apricots, it's the only fruit – or vegetable that dies or begins to die the moment you start to, the moment it's picked from the tree. Okay. So things like tomatoes, apples, other fruit continue to ripen. Um, apricots don't. That's okay. a, that's often why you don't see a lot of fresh apricots is because they don't have much of a shelf life. Ah, that's okay. why most that's very uh, interesting. are turned into the preserves and are dried because they don't last very long as fresh. Yes. That's very interesting. I didn't yep. realize that. Um, very interesting mm-hmm. point. <laughs> Yes. And then, of course, we've got the weird stuff, uh, you know, everything from the Pani worms. Oh, yes. Oh. To, yeah, oh. you know, that, that, that <laughs> termites and that kind of stuff. That just gets a little bit strange. But, I mean, also we have the stuff that neither you and I are, are huge fans of, the Mahodu, which is the mm. tripe. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, yeah. Look, <laughs> it, I, I've had it a couple of times. If it's, if it's nicely curried, um, then it's something that I can, that I can bear. And uh, Franck Danger at the food barn actually makes a beautiful tripe. It's not a; it's more of a Mediterranean one than a South African one, but it's 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 stewed for long, for hours on end with lots of tomatoes and all of that. I can bear. And and the Makodu, the curry tripe, I quite like. Um, that that for me, you know, it doesn't. It has that more curried perfume. It doesn't have that that nasty mm. tripe smell. And that I'm 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 I'm, I'm acquiring a tasteful because. Um, every season in MasterChef, someone makes it. Oh, and, and okay. So I've, and then you've I've got to taste it. To, so you've got to taste it. <laughs> so it's also one of those things that I'm, I'm slowly but surely uh, acquiring it, a taste for. It, it doesn't work if a chef says to you, oh, sorry, I don't eat that. <laughs> no, no, you can't. I mean, you can't, particularly not when you're judging something. You know, you've got to – there are certain things I'm not fond of, mm. but, you know, and I, and I wouldn't necessarily eat or order in a restaurant of my own volition. But there's certainly nothing I won't put in my mouth. Ah, okay. You, know, you, you kind of have to eat everything. You're going to judge food. Especially. You really have got to be able to, 
And there, of course, it's a case of not about your personal preferences. It's mm. a case of is it cooked properly? Is it, you know, with with, with the makoto, has it been cooked for long enough? Is it nicely seasoned? Is it tender? Has it been properly prepared? Yeah. You know, you, you can you can tell whether something's cooked properly without necessarily enjoying it. Um, yeah. I've had the Pani worms a number of times. Um, not enough to know when they're pe- perfectly cooked, and I probably won't. I probably won't eat them enough to, to to be any kind of connoisseur. Those were more novelty. I mean, also you've got things like crocodile and, and, and other mm. nasty bits and pieces that, yeah. that are unique to this country, but probably not don't fall into our into our national cuisine. You know, we're 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 more things like babur tea. I like yes. I like the, the sort of Western Cape variety of stuff because there's a little bit more spice involved. Yeah. You know, the babur tea or you know the amaguinia, the the curry buns, mince yes. and fit cook for me is a oh. it's a it's a weakness of mine. Any oh. any kind of fit cook, I well, love that. And then with that curried mince and I just samosas. have to I, I need to interrupt you here because then you need to mm-hmm. come and visit one Friday. Yeah. You need to come in person. Oh, yes. Because I have a colleague who every now and again makes fit cook and curry and last week was Fed Cook and Curried Mince Friday. And uh, then, uh, and this happens very frequently and it's delicious. So you need to you oh, need to make a plan to come here one Friday so that you can have oh, Erica's Fed Cook and Mince. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to drive for Fed Cook and for Curry Buns. I'm happy to drive any distance. I will let so you know. The, yeah. <laughs> and then, I mean, now we talk to Curry, obviously, now we can head up to the KZN and the Bunny Chow. That's oh, again yes. a, a crazy South African thing, and apparently it was started by surfers. Um, that's where it originated. Surfers eating stuff, you know, when they're coming out of the water and wanting hot food. Yes. Um, and they started to instead of you know, having a bowl, a thing of curry with some bread, they someone had a genius idea of hollowing out the loaf of bread and just pouring the curry straight into it's it, which I think is absolutely genius. Really, it is. You know, it's. I mean, if you if you need some starch with your curry, why not soak up that starch? You know, use that the bread to, to just absorb all that curry sauce. Because yeah. at the end brilliant. of a, at the end of a curry meal, isn't it amazing if there's still sauce left on, on somebody's plate, and they're going to say, "Oh my gosh, I wish I had some bread." to just, you know, lap this exactly. up. And that's also something exactly. that nobody will frown on, uh, you know, sort of from an etiquette no, perspective no, exactly. in South Africa. We're quite happy that you take a piece of bread and sort of lap up the sauce. Yeah. And and then again, you know, while, while we don't have, the, the, when, it, when, we, when we look at breads, we, well, we don't, may not have the kind of variety of European and sort of German baking skills. Mm. Bread plays a huge part in, in, a, in our kind of culinary heritage. You know, if you look at Dombolo, like the steamed dumplings or or the, the Ujeka, which is the steamed bread. You know, we, we make a lot of bread. Make a lot of breads. They're not always well recognized and as distinctive as baguettes or sourdough or pumpernickel. But we certainly have a history. I mean, things like Mosbolikis. Mosbolikis are I mean that for me, you know, I love it. We we used to when I used to work in France, we used to get the 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 grape must from uh, from the winemakers mm-hmm. uh, during harvest, and used to make these big trays of mosbolikis and send it down to the cellar for them to to munch on and keep them going through the night. So we have a long history of breads, um, and then of course, obviously, everyone's favourite biltong. You know, oh gosh, yes. I think no, you I know, know. We, we we can't brush over South African food without mentioning burrovos and biltong. Yeah, and and particularly, I mean, obviously, not burrovos on the fire, but this drivels. Dru- yes, for absolutely. Me, dru- for me, <laughs> uh, it's it's a weakness. I have drivels. I in fact prefer drivels to to biltong okay. because. 
Uh, curing biltong is is a, is a is a is a skill, and getting it right is is definitely difficult to do. But for me, with durables, you've got to make a decent sausage mm-hmm. before you dry it. Yeah. So you know, you there's some terrible durables out there, and you know, all you're doing with biltong is getting a decent piece of meat, which you have nothing to do with. So to make good durables, you've actually got to make good sausage to begin with. So there's a lot more skill there. Yeah. Um, so that's also, and I look at some of my other favorites. I, I mean, the list. Uh, is, is is craziness um you know um obviously when now we get started on our other staple which is pup um i'm, I'm currently working oh, on some yes. recipes yeah you know one of the things that we, we it's actually quite funny we we ice we use it a lot in restaurants or i do mm-hmm. and on, on menus tasting menus and bits and pieces but the problem is you can never call it pup because south africans generally Oh, Ooh, pup. No, I don't eat pup. You know, they turn their nose up. At, but if we say, I mean, we so what we do is we make we make we do this at the restaurant. We call it a, a, a maize chip, and okay. basically what it is is we make a, like a stave of pup, and then we just let it. We leave it on a tray to sit, and we cut it into chips, and then we deep fry. It. I think that's genius. And it actually. is the <laughs> most delicious thing. And when people go, "Oh my word, what is this?" I go, "It's pup." They go, "No, no, no. What is it really? It's, it's pup." <laughs> <laughs> and and people can't believe they enjoy it. So we often do that. We'll we'll do that or we'll just treat it like polenta and we'll grill it. It grills beautifully. You know, even even if you fry it uh in a pan, yeah, but also nice it's actually nice on on the on the fire. You just make nice stave of pup. You can put some uh I put a little bit of butter and some parmesan through mine. Um, and I leave it to overnight to set and you cut squares of it and you can just either fry it in a pan or deep fry it or grill it. It really works out quite nice. I mean, if you think of a nice breakfast, a little bit of butter and a nice slice of pup, crispy on one side with a fried egg on top, a little bit of bacon, some chakalaka, another mm-hmm. South African yes. favorite. You've got a fantastic friend at breakfast. And and and, and poo too, and pup, you know, whether you have it as breakfast porridge and you have it with milk and sugar, all you have it as a savoury staple. It really is quite versatile. Yeah. No, it's. I think we've got a, quite a varied array. And as you say, that you started on that list and that you didn't have, you ran out of space. Yeah, so, I uh, mean, it was just, I thought, oh, I've stopped now. The ones will be taking <laughs> for hours on end. But it is, it's good. I mean, if people sort of uh, were thinking, now what on earth were they going to speak about beyond the bri? Well, I think uh, yeah. if you're wondering how you can celebrate Heritage Day next week, there is certainly an incredible array of food to choose from. You don't have to have a bri. Not that I'm knocking the bri. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to get messages saying, Vanessa, you're knocking the bri. That's not the point. I think that sometimes you've got to step out of that sort of heritage comfort zone and go and try some different things and experience it. And um, and also put a twist on the, the 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 everyday things you say, like the pup with the chips. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, look, I think I think that's also how how a national cre- cuisine develops. You know, none of these things are static. Mm. And I, and I think the more often you put your own little twist or your own little your own little signature on something, you, it just helps to develop. You know, a, a classic example of that is is. Uh, a Baptist Basson in in, uh, in in Stellenbosch. Yes. He's got a fantastic rec- a restaurant called Acre. And that basically celebrates South African cuisine, very traditional stuff. But he's presents it in a sort of very modern restaurant idiom. Mm. And, 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 and that's amazing to see that kind of heritage food that we always kind of 
think is never as sexy as, as, as other <laughs> other national cuisines. Yeah. And really can be quite quite beautiful, quite ornate and really quite tasty. So so I think yeah, you you should always kind of use your imagination and put your own little slant on yeah, things. Absolutely. Peter, thank you so much for that. I must say, um it's really it's made me quite excited and sort of very proud to be South African because there's some really yummy foods there and I've got family visiting from the UK next year in February. So we're lots of good ideas. Years, oh, there we go. Uh, to entertain them with there. Thank you so much for that today, and we'll chat again next week. Definitely, and to the listeners, until next week, may the source be with you. Bye bye.